Hi, this is Jamin Fraser, and you're listening to The Insecurity Project, solving the insecurity problem at a global level. This podcast is a mixture of interviews, coaching sessions, and personal development content. You'll hear me chat with experts, authors, speakers, and individuals who've gone on to do great things in their life as a result of working through their insecurity. You'll hear brave souls being willing to have a live coaching demonstration recorded where they work through their insecurity. And you'll hear 10 Minute Tuesday, which is a chance for me to deliver high quality personal development content to help you on your journey. I hope you find it useful. Now on to today's show. Hey folks, it's Jamin here on the Insecurity Project. And today I have the privilege of coaching Mick. Uh, now every time, I say this all the time, every time someone uh, is willing to have their coaching conversation recorded, it's a big deal. Like it's these these conversations are... Uh, very real and very vulnerable and so to be able to invite others to listen to that is it's a very courageous thing to do but it's a very loving thing to do too because the intention is that others may be able to benefit from this conversation and uh, you know because there's always common patterns and process in all of our stories so you'll hear some stuff in this conversation that no doubt will apply to yours so Mick thanks for being willing to uh, yeah, jump on the call today and and bring an issue of your life that you're looking for changing. Uh, thanks for having me, Jamin. That's great. Um, righto, so, you know, you've heard a few of these calls, you've been following some of my stuff for a while now, so you get that this really is a judgment-free space and, and I'm not here to give you advice or tell you what you need to do. Uh, and, yeah, the, the intention of this call is that I be able to be useful to you to get you more of what you want. So, um, you know... That means we can have a very honest and real conversation because I don't need anything from you and I, I have no agenda, so I just am here to serve. So um, with that in mind, give me a bit of a picture about what's going on for you and where you'd like to see some change. Yeah, okay. Well, I've found since following some of your stuff that this word insecurity is probably the core of some of my issues that I'm facing uh, that I probably didn't put down to insecurity. Um, and that's... I think led me to get some, I think a little bit more clarity around that and uh, to be able to, I guess, put forward where I'm at and what I'm looking for while I'm struggling. But in terms of my story, it's, um, I guess it's relatively simple. I was uh, married, I had two kids, Um, you know, great kids around the same time building my career. I worked for a a global construction company, um, a high pressure job and and thrive on that pressure, love my job. Um, the same time you're building that career, though, is the same time that, uh, that my kids were born. Um, you know, and I, I spent a lot of time travelling. So <clears throat> during that period, I, with my partner, um, my, my ex-wife, I became feeling... Uh, I was feeling, I guess, unloved. I was feeling useless and worthless. Yeah. Bits and pieces and come to the position that I that I wasn't happy um, and I made a tough decision after probably 12 or 15 months or so and I decided that um, it would probably be better if I if I left um, I didn't feel that I was being a father anyway under the roof because of my unhappiness I was you know I'd get home from work on a Friday or something and be hopeful to be greeted out the door with a I guess with a, with a kiss and a hug and things like that, but just that distance. Uh, I guess my wife put it. Her life 
circle was was kids, and if I was in it, then okay. But if it, if I wasn't, it didn't matter. So I made the decision to leave, and, and resulting from that was incredible. I guess guilt and all sorts of stuff that of now of not of doing that to to your kids. So um, I mean, since then I've I still see them. I invest a lot of time, and I do everything I can to be a father. Um, so I. I've, I mean, abandon is probably not the word, but I just felt that I, I needed to, to do that um, in search of, of you know some happiness overall. So, following yeah. that, I I met someone, um, and this person became everything that I wanted and, and didn't have. Um, all the words and all the things that you see in movies about soulmates and. All this fictional stuff that you never thought was there, I, I found that um, this person lived uh, in Perth, uh, so a long way away. My kids uh, and that live uh, in country Victoria, so that long distance was quite a battle. Um, but that person became, I guess, a safe place and a, and a, and a place to run to, um, to escape you know, what was going on in, in my life. So that sort of was was a factor from that. And then that it got to the point where that, you know, it couldn't go on for the distance and, and bits and pieces. And, you know, and to find, to find that and to have those feelings for someone and then for them to have them back is rare. And, uh, and I was lucky to have that, but it, it didn't, um, didn't work out. And from that, I've just been lost. Um, and I've, I feel like that uh, I've been, I don't know in this this being lost, but I, I just feel that it's developed into this insecurity. And the areas that I'm feeling about insecurity is, for the first time, is um, there's a few areas, and one of them is work. So again, it's it's a high pressure job. Um, everyone has a pretty high standard of how they want to work, but I'm finding that. I guess whatever's under, whatever's underpinning this issue that I'm finding that I'm worrying about you know, how I'm seen in the workplace, how my work is uh, isn't meeting that standard that I set for myself. Are other people seeing that? Um, so that that's one element, and I'll just summarise the, the places before I, I guess um, move into the next stage, and I just have. That's one part. The second part is, I guess, with relationships and, and women that I I want to be happy and I don't want to be alone. Um, and I find myself gravitating to, I guess, to women and to looking for that. And but I'm I, I, I'm looking for them to have a need for me. It's like that if I'm if someone you know needs me. Uh, then this it fills this hole in my life that that I'm feeling, you know, useful and and that um, and then linking back to this person in Perth, we're trying to maintain a friendship, but um, all of a sudden I'm thinking, well, this this once thing that I used to have with you, it's like you don't want it anymore. That you're not giving me the same signs. You don't need me, and it's I'm just left with this this big hole that's. Mm that I can't fill um, and at the moment it's just driving these 
I guess, these fears um, of, well, maybe I'm not, you know, maybe um, maybe there's something wrong with me. Uh, maybe, you know, I look in the mirror and I, I see all the, the bad things and, uh, and all these types of things that are just creeping into my head. And I just have this, as part of that, I have this fear to just, to just, um, I feel that if I say, look, don't worry about that, I am who I am and accept what I am and just be happy and move forward, that if I allow myself to feel that freedom that anything that's left good in my life will uh, will be pulled from under me. So I almost keep myself in this uh, frame where I don't allow myself to feel that freedom. And, and, can, you just and say that, have... can you just say that again? That was a really fascinating point, that if you were to allow yourself the freedom to feel okay and good about your life, then everything good would be pulled away from you. Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah. Um, and I'll um, tell you, keeps going. And so, just just to help me understand, so why why do you think everything would be pulled away from you if you gave yourself that freedom? Look, it's silly. Um, there's two. Oh, it's not silly. There's no, two. I'm just well, curious. Yeah, no, well, I guess the the reasons are probably silly. So there's two things that I can remember in my life that that do that. One, one I was very, very young and we're on our way to a cricket game and I, I was yeah. playing cricket. It was the grand final and it started, I just, I got really excited and it was the grand final and, and things like that. And then it rained and the game got washed out. And then I think the next week I was unable to play or something. And, and that, that one thing, I, I might have been eight or nine or something, but it's just stuck with me that, yeah, well, that was your fault, that, you know, it serves you right for you know, getting excited. And, and the second thing, and that's what, that's what I mean, it's silly. The second thing was when I was probably 16, my um, my sister's boyfriend at the time, um, they'd been together for a number of years, was, was, uh, was killed in a car accident. Now, the day before that happened, um, mum was given a, 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 a new statue of Mary that she put in the garden. And the day before it happened, it was a really, really windy day. And mum mm. had just got this new thing. And I just had this thought that, yeah, um, I hope it doesn't blow over. So I went and sort of got it, picked it up, brought it inside it, laid it down. And, and I remember looking at it in that moment and thinking, oh, it looks like somebody's dead type thing um and you know i didn't give it a thought i was pretty young at the time and uh and then the next day that happened and i just i don't know i just found myself more and more over the years from that of this thing has grown into that if i let go and if i be happy i I feel like Mm. i'm controlling my life by keeping myself restrained um because the minute that I feel that freedom and that and take that breath, something's going to be taken away. Um, so that's sort of the thing that I can remember. Um, so look, I, as I said at the start, following, I guess your your program and your platform, this insecurity. I, I didn't think that was a factor in my life, but the more that I've seen of your content and the more that I've listened, I. I can't help but think, and maybe I'm wrong, but I can't help but think that there's that insecurity is actually it 
if it's not the core, it's 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 floating around there as to why I'm. Yeah. And I'll look, I'll give you that one more example. Like with, when this comes into work and it comes into trying to maintain this friendship with this love of my life and anyone else I meet in this sphere that I... What I do is that I... Before anyone... Before anyone can see themselves any flaws in me, I, am, I can't turn off my brain. I'm constantly analysing to get on the front foot to go to them and say, hey, look, I know this has happened. I know that probably you're thinking this, but I'm going to do this. And it's it's just the, like this this constant thing that I can't turn off where I'm trying to pre-qualify with yeah. everyone that I meet um, to give them words and excuses or, or whatever it is so they don't notice what's probably really going and notice this insecurity I'm, I'm trying to deflect with with all sorts of stuff so I guess that's my story um, I'm at a point where I've I'm really struggling um, I it's you know sometimes it does feel it's just you know too hard um, not yep. I wouldn't I don't want to go down that it's not to that extreme of those thoughts that everybody um that's not what I mean, but it's just got to the point where I, I just want to turn, turn, flick this switch in my brain to stop this pattern because it's it's consuming me, um, and and it's like a snowball, it's an insecurity snowball, and, uh, and this cycle that I'm that I'm that I'm failing with, I guess. Yeah. Well. Um... <laughs> Thank you for being so honest and vulnerable. And I think what you've articulated there about your story um, is is incredibly common and and not spoken about often enough. So um, really acknowledge you for sharing that. So just just help me understand. So what would you like to have happen as a result of this call? Um, I'd like to find a way to. Look, and probably it won't happen overnight, but um, I need to find a way of recognising more and more triggers, I guess, um, and to be able to start to reverse this cycle and grow out of insecurity because I've found that the more insecure that I've come become, the more that I'm... More, more, the more that I'm analysing, and I just can't turn my brain off for, from. Yeah, you know, sure. Maybe I need to send this person at work an email just to to clarify this, yep. and should I clarify that? And mm-hmm. and resulting from that, it's it's making things worse. It's actually exposing me more. And the more that the harder I try to hide it, the more it's exposing me. And I, I want to start to. Obviously, the end goal is to be. Uh, not insecure uh, and to be happy and allow myself to be free. Um, but I know that there's a pathway to get that. So um, I guess, yeah, yeah. Resolve from this call is, is I guess the first step. And that's just being able to maybe locate and identify these triggers to, uh, to then establish a, a combat plan against them. Yeah. Are you sure that's what you want? Uh, I think 
I think the the way that I answer that is probably I probably applied what I thought was a logical thing to one that I'm not going to solve it today. Two that I need to reverse the process is probably logical and um, things. But what I what I want um, I want I want to be happy. I want to allow myself to be happy um, okay. and to stop. You know this silliness of uh, of um, restricting myself. Um, so yeah, beautiful. Are you, are you sure you want that? Um, well, I think it's gonna. Uh, <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm on a path of uh, towards insanity. Um, to be a bit lighthearted about it. Well, um, no, so to not be, to be lighthearted at all. I. I I was going to say that very thing. I mean, I don't know whether you heard me bang on about madness, but what you're describing is the path to madness. You are you are walking the road to insanity. This thing is consuming you, and you are very very aware of that. Um, and that is the human condition. If you do not find a way to resolve this issue, it can only lead to madness because you can already feel the intensity, the obsession, the drive that this fear has inside you and what it's producing and you're noticing how it's showing up. So imagine, imagine in another 20 years, if that has only grown inside you, um, you know, you can just imagine what that would mean for you as a human being, what that's destroyed in you, how that's caused you to show up in the world. Um, yeah. So there's nothing lighthearted about living to insanity. I, I think, yeah, entirely. That's, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so I'm pushing like you around. Yeah, you sorry. Go, sorry. Uh, I'm pushing you around. Are you sure you want it? Right, because um, without a compelling vision for your future, without a strong sense of desire for something different, you don't have a very essential ingredient for change. So. So I'm appealing to part of you. Because I get part of you wants to move forward and part of you doesn't think that's going to be possible. Because you've already got this story that says, hang on, but if I, if I was to be happy, then a bad thing would happen. So I get that we're working against that story. But I'm appealing to the deepest level of desire in you, the, the core of what it, you as a human being, because to, to desire is human and appealing to some part of you that goes, there has to be more for my life. There has to be if this is all there is, if this is life, um, well, that's, that's a joke. Like, that, surely that can't be it. There, there must be more. And, and the deepest part of you going, I, I actually want to be free. I, I actually want to be happy. Um, and to hear yourself say that out loud and on purpose and to hear yourself say, yes, I am sure that is what I want, is it's essential to this change process. So that's what I'm pushing you around at the moment. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I feel like my brain is my worst enemy. Uh, sometimes I just want it to stop. Uh, yeah, analyzing everything. So um, yeah, yeah. It's a time. Sure. So let's. Yeah, for sure. Well, well, if we took off, took away the implications and. There was no accountability. You didn't need to act on anything. If it were possible to be happy and not have anything taken away from you, would you want it? 
yes. If it were possible to show up uh, without this incessant desire to prove yourself or second guess what's going on, to be comfortable and relaxed and and clear about who you are, would you want it? Yeah, absolutely. If it's possible to be the, the role model and father for your kids that gives them confidence in their ability to go into the world as themselves, would you want that? Yep, yep. Beautiful. Well, I mean, this is a, a key thing, as I'm saying. So this this sense of desire, obviously part of you doesn't, isn't sure that's possible, but putting that aside, um, this compelling vision is the key part. Um, so in line with what you said, um, you know, beginning this process of unravelling this mess, I think that's a really cool place to aim this conversation because there's, there is a process, there is a, a clear set of steps to take that, that unpack this. Because this is, this is the universal challenge, this um, fear of not being good enough and this quest for identity is something we all go through. So there must be a way to do this well and to do this work. So um, I think you've actually done the first stage now, which, which to be honest, most people will never, ever do. Each stage brings with it its own level of challenge and own level of fear and own level of difficulty. Um, but I'm convinced that most of us will never, ever get to first stage. Um, and, and the stage one is this honesty, this acceptance, this awareness, this coming out of hiding and going, huh, look at that. Uh, I got some stuff that's going on inside of me that's going to kill me. And whether I should feel like this or shouldn't feel like this, this is how I feel. Here I am, which is which is what you have just done for the last twenty minutes. Pour out your heart in, the, in an incredible level of vulnerability and honesty, um, and there's no escaping that that has to be done. Because if you avoid that stage, and just go, uh, yeah, I'm just going to pretend like I've got it all together and just kind of work on this in secret. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. you could you'd never have the level of intention and focus required to to make any progress. So I, I acknowledge you wholeheartedly for the courage and, uh, you know, bravery required to even be where you are right now and and already let you know you've begun the process. So um, that's a beautiful thing. Any idea what the next step might be if you were to kind of step outside of your own story and imagine the common ground or, you know, the hero's journey that men and women have walked for centuries around overcoming this problem in their life after honesty and awareness and acceptance that this is a thing and it's going to need to be dealt with. Any idea what might happen next or what, what might need to happen next? Um, look, to be honest, in the, the past I've, um, I've tried to, yeah, I consider myself a logical person. I, I thought I had an ability to, to I guess, step outside myself and have a look in. Um, yep. Uh, and I thought that I had a plan for that, but I've I've failed um, previously because I I don't know. I I for some reason I. My life, I seem to to clutter 
things in my life and I, I make decisions. I have this hole that I'm trying to fill and I make short-sighted decisions and and, and I find myself I'm, I'm cluttered again. Um, yeah. And then I'm... I'm consumed again, and, and the weight's too much, and and I so I I can't I I don't I don't know what the answer is mm. to to get out of this pattern. And I know that people say that I can't remember the way they quoted it, but you know people don't change by doing the same things over and over again. And I'm doing that, yeah. and it's yeah, sure. getting to me. Yeah, well, let me just let me leverage that strength of you as a logical person as a person who can articulate who can follow a set of principles and i'm sure in your work this is what you this is what's caused you to succeed in in that space your ability to be logical to be complete to be thorough to see the big picture to focus on the end before you started and to and to not miss a step would that be true yeah that is correct yeah beautiful okay so this would be no different you were applying an area of success in life just to a different area so it means it means there's confidence because you've got all that you need already to tackle this problem. It's just applying a framework that you haven't been aware of because you've, you've done the best you knew how and your intention has always been to love yourself and keep yourself safe. So um, so that's the beauty of these kind of conversations, more awareness and more choice because with those things, then you just make better choices. So, so the very next stage in the process... Uh, again, it's hard, has all kinds of challenges associated to it, but it's not complicated. Uh, and so stage two is responsibility. And specifically, the the point of responsibility is responsibility around meaning and story. So knowledge is power when, when it comes to this part of the process because the the understanding of how your brain works is going to give you what you need to really have a logical approach to this. So I'm not sure if you've seen any of the research around um, filtering the way that our brain filters information. Have you seen any of those, that information, or how that works in our brain? Uh, No, I'll probably say no. Sure. So you could imagine... um, you know, we're, we're sensual beings where our five senses are how we interact with the world and every moment of the day where those senses um, are experiencing an information overload. So I don't know where you're sitting or standing right now, but just look at the amount of information your eyes have access to right now, stuff that you could be paying attention to. There's some minute detail, you know, I'm, I'm sitting in the car, I'm looking at my house, I could be counting the bricks on the wall. I could go even inside that detail. I could be noticing the shades of color inside each brick, and uh, and inside those shades, I could see the flecks. You know, there's there's in in every brick, there is millions of bits of bits of information I could be paying attention to right now, and that's just one brick on one house. You know, then there's trees, there's color, there's light, there's birds, there's squirrels, or maybe not squirrels, but um, you know, there's there's incredible amount of information then my ears there's all kinds of stuff that i could hear then every nerve ending on my skin is sending me information about temperature and texture and feel of jewelry and different things um, i could probably taste toothpaste if i thought hard enough about it um, you know all that to say um, the, the research around how much information says that it's there's somewhere around at least two million bits of information per second coming our way uh, and yeah. and our brain can only be present to around seven of those two million. Yep. 
also a, a beautiful piece of self-care built into our system is the ability to filter that information. Just to, our brain is constantly sifting, sorting, just to go, well, we're only looking at seven of those things. And so the rest is deleted, distorted and generalised just to fit. So when I look at those bricks, I just go, house. That just took care of all that information I've got access to visually or farm. There you go. There's there's literally billions of bits of information. I just called one bit of information. Um, you know, so it's so we develop patterns, we develop these generalizations which help us cope with the vast amount of information. So any idea what how our brain knows which bits of information to filter in or out? Uh no, well, it might, is it linked to what we're feeling at the time? Is it? Is it? Is, you know, is it? I, I don't. I don't know the answer. And I'll be, yeah, yeah, well, I'm sure. Guessing. Yeah, sure. Um, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot and be a school quiz <laughs> right now. Just uh, just involving you in the conversation, yeah. so you can you can really grasp this. But um, our brain knows which to filter and which to out simply based on what we believe is relevant or important or true. Yeah. So. You know, if if I'm a farmer and I'm looking at the farm, then what's in what's important to me is I'm looking at the colour of the soil and I'm making some assessments around the quality of the soil. I can probably guess the moisture content, whether it's rained frequently or, you know, whether it's a bit dry. You know, city slick have come and just, that's, that's not relevant, it's not important. So there's no point paying attention to it. You know, they're, what they're paying attention to, how far away is this from the nearest shopping centre, um, what's the price of real estate? You know, all kinds of different things are yep. being noticed. Um, yeah, so okay, uh, yep. I believe. Sorry. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That yeah. makes it. Yeah, great, great. So, um, so then beliefs. Just taking a step back from that, beliefs are created in the defining moments of our life. So, uh, we go into the world as sensual beings and storytellers, and so every single thing that happens, our subconscious is asking and answering two questions. Why did this happen and what did it mean about me? Yeah. Every every single thing from the moment we have awareness from the moment we start in this logical, rational process in our mind. Um, and I think even before that, there's some level of awareness and decision-making around this stuff. I, I talk to people all the time who, who have some kind of recollection of making these decisions um, in the womb, <laughs> you know, um, which is all kinds of weird, but just the level of sense that's being made as human beings. So yep. stuff goes down um, and we're asking and answering, why did this happen and what does it mean about me? And typically we're coming up with negative answers, especially as children with a, with a limited understanding and a limited uh, cognitive ability to assess objectively. And we're typically telling stories that that was my fault or that was about me. So, you know, I work with a lot of people who've had some kind of abuse in their background and they think because I was abused, therefore my life is messed up. Um, yeah. But it's actually not the abuse. It's how they answer the two questions. Why did that happen? And what does it mean about me? And and how do you think they answer those questions? Um, yeah. Sorry, I'll let you, you, you answer that. Well, well negatively. They, the, the pattern yeah, is of the yeah. child. Why did this happen? Well, somehow yeah. I attracted it. Somehow I deserved it. Somehow I could have stopped it, but I didn't, you know. So, yeah, therefore, yeah. what does it mean? Well, it means this is a reflection of me. Yep. 
if I was a better person, this wouldn't have happened. So, wow, that's interesting. So it's, so it's those things, those defining moments and the story and the meaning placed on those moments that then create the belief. Yep. So then you believe, oh, I'm no good. So then that belief becomes the filter for how your brain is making decisions about what information goes in and what information goes out. And all your brain is doing from that moment is finding evidence to prove that belief is true. Yeah. So if you believe you're no good, some nice person comes along and says, oh, Nick, I think you're awesome. But you believe you're no good, you're running it through that filter that says, well, I'm no good, so therefore they couldn't mean it. They must be trying to get something from me because that's not true. So, and then, it, yeah. then you just add it to the list of here's another person trying to hurt me um, yeah. and give me more evidence that I'm no good. Um, is that making sense? Yeah, no, it does. And I, <clears throat> excuse me, it does. And I guess linking back to one of the areas of my life that I sort of touched on at the front was this hole that I'm, and it's the only way I can describe it, maybe it's something else, but this hole that I'm looking to fill constantly by. Um, wanting to be, to, you know, told, oh, you know, I've met this, this guy and he's he's so amazing and he's exactly you know, yep, he's nothing like I've met before and he, you know, he he show he he care, you know, he's romantic and he's this that that I find power in that and it fills the hole for a bit and then gets to a point where you know I, I sort of lose interest and. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I've probably lost my train of thought a bit, but it, well, what well, you said does make just, sense, and it does link a bit to some of where I feel like well, I'm at. Great, because that that whole behaviour, that neediness, is well, okay. So I I feel like there's lack with me because I'm not sure if I'm good good enough. So my strategy <laughs> for feeling good is to have external validation. So if this yeah. person says that I'm awesome, oh, fantastic, then I feel good. But yeah. the problem with it is you believe you're no good, so yeah. it's still that, that external stuff still goes through the same filter and it gets ruined in the filter. Yeah. So it only lasts for five minutes, ten minutes, two minutes, and then yeah. then it's been changed. You've then manipulated in your mind to go, Oh, but actually well yeah, but if they really knew me, maybe they wouldn't say that or um did they really mean it or you know, is it gonna last yeah. or all this stuff. So um yeah. It all comes out of this insecurity, which is what you're recognizing now. And so the point of what I'm saying in stage two is to go, right, let's go back to the beginning of that and equip you with responsibility because the beautiful thing about how our brains work and how our stories are formed is that they are formed because of the decisions we make, not the decisions someone else makes. Yeah. So I use this all the time. So therefore, we're not just an actor in a story someone else has written for us. We're the storyteller. Yeah. So in my own journey, I used to think I felt insecure because of what had been said to me or what had been done to me or the, the cruel things or the hurtful things or the unfair things that had happened. I thought, oh, because this happened, this kind of proves that there's some lack with me, that I'm yeah. no good, that people don't like me or I can't or, or no good. But... The, the game changer, and this is stage two, the game changing idea was to go, hang on a minute, no, I'm not insecure because this person said that to me. I'm insecure because when they said that to me, I decided, why did that happen? Well, yeah. you know, they've obviously seen something that I haven't noticed. And what does it mean about me? Well, it means that, that they're right and I'm no good. So I'm the one who created this insecurity. I'm the one who told the story. 
Yeah, look, and, and interesting. Saying, yep, go sorry. on. No, you go. Well, and I told that story as a kid with such limited maturity, awareness, understanding. and I then, But because I told it then, and that's how beliefs are formed, it created this story. And then from that point, that story has just gathered evidence and just, just gathered momentum. And now it is my truth. Yeah. So it feels immovable. It feels like it is rock solid and I just have to fight against it. But stage two says, right, let's go back to the start and give you a responsibility to realize that you were the one that you created this story. You told yourself and you told yourself in a way that's cost you what other stories could be told about that same thing. What else could be true? What else could that mean? Yeah, look, and I just want to touch on, and, um, this, you know, this phone call, even so far, is uh, is helpful. The, the term that you use of external validation, the minute that you said that, it just, I think it just opened instantly my eyes to all the things that I do, and I think that's a massive problem for me if I'm not getting it. So when I talk about work and... Yeah, yeah, sure. And it's constant, and you know, and even for an example, I'll give you another example. I've, I can put a post on Facebook, and I won't go down the path of social media and that at this point. But I could, because uh, you know, it's one of those don't get me started stories. But I could put a post on Facebook, um, and if I don't get as many many likes, I'll delete it. Yeah, sure. And, I just live in this fear of, uh, I don't know, it's, it's just this crazy fear, of, and you're right, and it's, and it's, you're right, it's, it's this external validation, and, and I'll delete that post, and I'll feel terrible, and I'll, and then my, yeah, you know, my brain goes into that mode again of, well, of analysation and stuff like that. So, well, for sure, and it is again that's a universal thing because we all have to feel like we're good people. That's a core need, the need for significance is every human being needs to feel like they matter, that they are, have value, that they have worth. So the point is, if you haven't found a way to meet that need internally, you have to meet it externally. Yeah, and so, that's my problem, I think. Well, and that's everyone. Well, you know, that's, yeah. well, not everyone, but that is that is such a common thing. And social media just speeds that up, as my mate Cameron Brown says. It just makes that, you know, more readily... Uh, available to us that that means of external validation but it's never lasting and it never works uh, because it goes against their own story we're living out of so so back to stage two it says right so how do you change this you don't change it by fighting against it by just telling yourself no no i'm just a good person no no i'm all right no i'm okay you change it by taking responsibility to position yourself as the storyteller again and to realize Mm -hmm. that this insecurity monster inside of you was not created by anyone or anything else. It was created by you as a child. Yeah. Yeah. And you did the best you knew how. You, it, it was positive intentions. Like if you think about it as a child, you're just trying to make sense of the world. You're just trying to get by. Like there's so much to learn and so much to see and you're so small and, you know, and needy in that season of life. And so, of course, you're going to make mistakes. Of course, you, there's stuff you can't see or understand. Yeah. So to be setting the course of your life by these simple decisions at that time and to never revisit them, well, you know, it's 
It's where most people live, but it's, it doesn't need to be like that. Yep. So responsibility, letting go of blame and excuse and, and responsibility is the key. So it's it's this gift of doubt. It's this thing go, yeah, okay. You do realise it's all just story. I know it feels yeah. so real, and I know that you've observed patterns, um, but what we are constantly cause and effecting in our mind. So your cause and effect stories are so rock solid in your mind because they've got evidence and because they feel true to you. So therefore, they must be true. So can but, I ask a question just to, to, I guess, put it in a in a perspective to make sure I'm clear? When you talk about as a child, you've, you know, it stems back from that time. Is it, um, is it to link that to something that I'm probably more familiar with? Is an example if you if you said it in this way that you had a, a big business that had written a business plan, you know. 25 years ago or 30 yeah. 30 years ago um, and never updated that and the business model is you know 30 years later in this reactive behavior mm-hmm. because it's it's based on an outdated set of views is it is that sort of what you're talking that's about? That's a beautiful that? metaphor. That's a fantastic metaphor. And you think about imagine just starting a business like imagine starting a business when you're 18 you know, headstrong, you're going to go change the world, it's all going to be easy, and you, in your limited knowledge, but your pride and arrogance as an 18-year-old, you've set this plan, that's my plan, and that's what I'm going to run, you know. Yeah. And obviously, it's not going to be your best plan. There's no way that could be the best plan. Because as a 35-year-old, of course you're going to know more than an 18-year-old. Um, so it's exactly right. So we set plans when we are before seven, that's what all the research around beliefs say. We've set the blueprint for how we're going to build life before we're seven with such limited maturity, limited understanding, and it never gets reviewed. And, and it doesn't get reviewed because it just becomes rock solid. It becomes true. It gathers its own energy and momentum and evidence, and then it's locked in. Um, so the gift of doubt says, okay, great. Could there be a better plan? And uh, is there other stories that could be told? You know, so just relating back to your two cause and effect things. So um, as a child, you've seen a statue that has laid over and so that looks like someone's dead. Now, um, it, is it possible that, you know, thousands of other children in the same situation may have thought something similar, that if you see a person lying down, they're either asleep or dead? And if they're not moving and breathing, well, then they're more likely to be dead than asleep. Yeah. Sure. So, well, like, okay, great. Yeah, probably to a kid, yeah, it's probably that black and white. Yeah. Exactly right. So you said that, but but the link in your mind was because I said that, therefore my sister's boyfriend died the next day. So as a kid, you can kind of go, I can see how you'd make that link, because um, you're thinking you're the only one thinking those thoughts. You're the think you're thinking that no one else would think the statue's dead, uh, or even say that out loud. But because you did, therefore that proves you're no good and you caused that. Um, so as an adult, you go back and go, hmm, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, and you're just trying to do the best you knew how. Uh, but I'm dubious that those two things cause one another. Yeah. I doubt that that had anything to do with anything. Yeah. It was just a thing. Like, um, I can remember so many times as a teenager linking things. Because I did this, therefore, you know, um, 
you know, because I made that mistake, therefore I don't deserve this good thing to happen. Or because or you see a bad thing happen, you think, oh, why did that happen? Oh, that must have happened because last week I told that lie. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So we're constantly joining dots in our mind from a very limited place of understanding. And the moment you've joined a dot, then it forms a pattern, then a pattern becomes a belief, and a belief becomes a story, then you're locked in. Yeah. <clears throat> so stage two, responsibility. It's to take the power back. It's to take the pen back. It's to be the hero in the story. And rewrite not the business plan. <laughs> rewrite the business plan, but go back to the very, very beginning. Don't, don't build, you yeah. know, in the building industry, if you knock down a house, you got to knock the whole thing down and then start from bare soil. You don't want to be building on half a foundation. Yep. Yep. And and the beautiful thing is you created this in the first place. So you already know how to write stories because you've been writing them your whole life. So it's no new skill set you need to learn. It's no... That's, in fact, it's surely easier now as an adult than it was as a child because you've got more resources, more intelligence, more maturity, more options, more choice. Yep. Yep, and that makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Hmm. Oh, pleasure. And as I say all the time, it's not easy, but it, but it is not complicated. And yep. so part of the leverage... You know, two, two, two points of leverage for you now, back to the desire to keep focused on, okay, hang on, in 20 years' time, you know, how do I want my life to have panned out? How do I want a new story to have evolved by then? What do I want to achieve? How do I want to feel? And just to let that desire come out again. Because you turned that off a long time ago, by the way, that whole what do I want, how would I like things to be? Yeah. Because you told yourself you didn't deserve to get what you wanted. Yeah. And so it's allowing yourself to access that desire again as a key point of leverage. But second point of leverage is to leverage a strength around being logical. Yeah. Let your mind work let your mind serve you. Let let the strength of your mind serve you. And so whenever you that whenever this gets complicated and unique in your mind again the strength of your mind. Say, no, no, this is logical. There are very clear stages in this process. And if you follow clear stages and you follow them properly, well, then you get the result the same as everyone else. If you... There can be no other way. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. How's that all, just... how's that all feeling? No, I feel... Uh... Look, one of the things I would say is that I've in the past I have sought help and um, and I, being the logical and analytical person that I am, I found myself sitting in in somebody's office on the chair. Um, now I'm, I'm there to get help, but um, previously it's I've, everything that they've said. I've already thought about that. And I can tell myself uh-huh. that all the time. Yeah, there's just so much out there that's that's just crap, and you know, to have somebody sitting there saying, "So, look, so that's that side of it in the past." But what I found, I just wanted to say here, what I found in this phone call, I think I found more. 
clarity in this one phone call in the past because I don't know. It's just it's it's just there's a different approach, and uh, and you know I want to sort of thank you for that because it. Oh, yeah, I've already thought about. You know, I'm, I'm sick of being told stuff. I already know. Yeah, um, yeah sure. And, and I'm glad that I've I've sort of felt that there's some things that have have woken me up a bit um, that I think can help. So yeah, thank you. Oh, my pleasure. But I I appreciate it from other people. Like I am currently doing a business course, and it's almost exactly the same thing that we're experiencing here so i've been running my own business for eight years i've tried all that i know to really achieve what i think i'm capable of and experience varying levels of success or uh, and the different pain points around this is frustrating and i'm not going there and i'm always in my head thinking how i'm going to fix this and i've constantly got creativity fatigue and then there's so many people telling me no you need to do this to fix your business do that to fix your business and so so I, I finally get to the point where I go, okay, well, there it is possible to run compelling service-based businesses that are profitable and effective. It has to be possible. And it, and I'm not the first person trying to do this, and I won't be the last. There have yeah. been people who have gone before me who've found how to make this work. And there is best practice around these areas. So who are the people presenting best practice programs for service-based business? So I seek, seek them out, find a program, and I go, okay, um, if I take my medicine, trust the process and follow best practice, then I'll wake up in 12 months having put in the hard work and the landscape will be very, very different. Yeah. And and so that's exactly what I'm saying here. So I, I, my passion is around best practice for personal change to go, okay, this is not a problem that's unique. This is a problem people have solved before. This is a problem that can be solved. There's a bunch of stuff that doesn't work. There's a bunch of things that uh, only add to the problem. But there has to be a framework. There has to be a process. And it won't be easy, but if you follow it, it will work. Uh, So, yeah, I I I appreciate you saying that. Sorry? Yeah. I just feel that uh, there's a connection there, you know, better than because there's some flexibility in how you've allowed me to talk and, uh, and take the conversation. That flexibility allows, I think... Greater opportunity to to um so yeah I appreciate that um I think well that, like well you're the going. hero in the story you're, this yeah. is your life I don't care it's not not my problem I I'm said all the time I won't lose any sleep over what's going on for you because if I try and fix you that's actually the least useful I could be or if I want you to be different then I've got to tell you what to do and that's horrible um, so. You are the expert, you're the hero, uh, and it's your life. I'm just here to get you more of what you want, and yeah. I'm convinced that actually provides a very different conversation. Sorry, you were going to say something? I was just going to say, um, you know, moving, I guess, into stage two, you talked about, I I guess I feel like um, <clears throat> that I don't know, so if you put it in the sort of northeast, southwest type thing, that you know, hypothetically, you know, I need... The, the path to, in, you know, independence from insecurity or whatever is is north, and that's the end goal. But I don't know. Yeah, I need to find out one which way is north um, to start yeah. to do there. But the issue is, is once I get to, uh, I don't know, a swamp or a river along the way, I need to work out that because you know I'll end up 
booking West again. You know what I mean? Like, I, when these challenges oh, one, come, one hundred throw me off course. Y- 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 yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, so I let's, mean, yeah. let's have some more. Let's have some more conversations about this for sure, because um, if it's going to be a complete solution, well, it's going to be a series of conversations, and um, there are. I've I've shared one, two two of the stages, and I think there are nine. So. If this is the season of change for you, if this is the place of transformation and you only commit to stage two, well, you're probably not going to get what you're looking for. So, yeah, there's obviously a bunch of stuff that happens next. But but where you are right now, um, it is the stage of responsibility and specifically yeah. it is that blueprint. And that metaphor is, is wonderful. And, you know, obviously being a builder, it makes so much, so much sense to you. But... Metaphor is beautiful because metaphor is the language of the subconscious. It's the link between the conscious and the subconscious. Yeah. The subconscious can't has doesn't have words, so it comes up with pictures that and sense making paradigms that we can kind of grapple with. You go, oh yeah, okay, it's going to feel like a blueprint. It's going to feel like a business plan. It's going to feel like rewriting that. Okay, well that makes sense. I can I can get on board with that. Yeah. Um, so so metaphors take something that is known and compares it with something that is unknown so that you've got somewhere to go. Because yeah. I say, yeah, you know, going to take responsibility, rewrite your life story. You're like, oh, I'm not even quite sure what that's like. But is it like a business plan? Oh, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and it's like, oh, fantastic. Oh, I've got something to get to now. Um, yeah. Yeah. So use your, use your logical brain, use your analysis for good. Be, be curious and compassionate in your own world. Take a journey backwards. And take a journey backwards to the start. So uh, where did this story begin? What were the defining moments? So you've mentioned a couple of them, but it's interesting if you really hold the space for yourself, you may find that there are some that predate those two that you've come up with. Um, And that if you hadn't already locked in the fact that you were no good or that there was some lack with you, then perhaps when you saw the statue falling over, you wouldn't have decided that that meant that you had involvement in your sister's boyfriend dying. And, yeah. um, you know, so that may not be the first time that you yeah. decided that there was lack. And, yeah. um, but the, yeah, the beautiful thing is that that information is inside you because it was so important. It's where everything changed for you. So if you, if you make time and space, um, you can go back to where that plan was first created and you're the one with the pen in your hand and you can make any changes because you were the one that created it in the first place. So you don't need to wait for anyone or anything. You're the powerful person yeah. in this. No, that's great. That's, uh, yeah, as I said, I, it's really, it's really quite helpful and uh, I feel a sense of clarity in terms of the next step. Um, yeah, Beautiful. So so thank you. It, would you? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but this is an interesting. I'm curious around whether you feel hopeful. Is that something that you would use to describe your current position right now? Yeah, I do, and I think the reason that, and I think hopeful is the word because the reason that I feel hopeful is because I guess when when you're in your own problem, it can be hard. Or, or probably yep. impossible to uh, to see what's the saying to see the forest for the trees or whatever that is. So yeah, sure. Um, and I've been so long on this pattern and this snowball effect of insecurity on a path to insanity, like we talked about. Um, yeah. That you know I was losing hope. It was just 
so deep of well, but look, I was this conversation. I, I mean, I mean, I've got a long way to go. I know, but this, I guess, things make sense to me when there's when there's reason, when there's tangible something Beautiful. tangible I'm, that you yep. can grasp, and that I've I found something tangible that the story that you talked about that, that my childhood that outdated business plan, whatever, blueprint, whatever, is mm. is tangible now to me. And that's given me a hope that I that I lost because I I couldn't grasp yep. anything, any, any reason. Yeah, and if you think about it even more tangibly and practically, Stephen Covey says everything's created twice. So if that's the plan you created when you were young and you've stuck to that plan, then of course you are experiencing these results. Like that's the only results you could be experiencing because you're living out of that plan. Yeah. Just like that business plan. So that's the plan you wrote at 18, still doing it 30 years later. Well, okay, there's no no, no surprise that the business is the way that it is because that's the plan you're living out of. What, why are you surprised? Why is this, yeah. why are you shocked? <laughs> it's not working. Yeah. So everything's created twice. Um, so, so this work is about going back and doing some new first creation work and, and recreating the story that you're living out, re-scripting it, seeing yourself not only just as the script writer but as a set designer and the costume designer and hair and makeup and you know music and special effects, like it's all you. So, um, yeah, so uh, there's nothing broken uh, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Of course, of course, you're anxious. Of course, you're depressed. Of course, you've got external ways of meeting your need for significance. Of course, there's guilt. You, you know, of course, you're leading towards madness. Yeah, I mean, what, what's, there's nothing strange about that. Um, that's exactly what yeah. you should expect. If you want a different result, go back and create a different plan. Yeah. No. Look, as I said, I am hopeful and probably motivated is another is another word because I'm, I, I don't feel like it's. You know, I feel like that. You know, there's probably nothing. There might not. There's probably nothing wrong with me. Um, and, uh, and and well, that, I would, go, I would even say that yeah. sentence again without the word probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you broken? Like, or are you I not know, broken? Yeah. Are, are you broken? No, and I think that's that's coming off this phone call that that hope and there's a there's a there's a motivation now because uh, beautiful. So that's that's I, I didn't think uh, I'd get it out of this phone call, but it's that's how I'm feeling. Well, well, tangibly, the 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 link for hope is always choice. So um, Viktor Frankl first, you know, discovered that he's a guy in the German concentration camp, and he he wrote a book about the power of hope, and he he discovered that everyone else had lost hope because they they were living with the illusion of no choice. They felt stuck in their situation, trapped. That they had they had no power and no control over their situation. Whereas Vic, yeah. Victor said, "No, nah, actually, no. Nah, I've still got choice. You can't make me unhappy. You can't make me hate you. You can't stop me forgiving you. You can't control where I'm focusing my attention. I can take my imagination anywhere in the world right now. Sure, you make you're making choices that affect my body, but you cannot you cannot take away my cho- my choice on how I respond. So, whatever I've got choice, I've got hope." Because there are options. It's only when all the options evaporate and you got no, you feel like you got no choice. Well, then hope's gone. So yeah. the fact that you're feeling hopeful means you've seen you have choice. You have choice, and you 
for the first time you've seen that you you could make some serious choices in that situation that would cause a very 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 different result. Um, yeah. So that's why hope is the is the fruit of that. It's not yeah. just some empty. It's not empty hope. It's not it's not false hope. It's not this wishing or longing things to be better, but this deep down knowing they won't be. That's yeah. kind of false hope. Um, yeah. Real hope comes from an awareness of real choice. Yep. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay. Well, I, I acknowledge you, the courage to have this conversation and the willingness to consider a, a bunch of stuff and to see your place in this mess, to position yourself uh, with the power and not as a one, not not blaming yourself, but owning responsibility, um, because all change flows out of awareness and responsibility so in, incredible stuff and yeah looking forward to continuing to be able to serve you so we'll, we'll chat about that later but we'll end the call here now and uh, yeah thanks again no, thank you Jeremy you've been listening to the Insecurity Project if you're interested in finding out more about dealing with your own insecurity check out the 30 day online overcoming insecurity bootcamp combines high-quality frameworks with one-on-one coaching to help you eradicate the fear of not being good enough and give yourself permission to really flourish in life. For more information, check out jamonfraser.com.